0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 473. And I'm joined this week by Charlie Cooper. I'm a big fan of Charlie. I've told it numerous times. I got into, into, into this country really early. I talk about it in this episode. In fact, I talk about it in the bonus episode next, like this coming Friday as well, but in slightly different ways, I promise you. Charlie is fantastic. I've not heard that many podcasts with Charlie, so I was really excited to get him on and have a good old chat, and it flew by. He's in a new film called um, See How They Run, and it's with Sam Rockwell and Saoirse Ronan and 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 Adrian Brody and Ruth Wilson and Tim Key, and just an endless list of amazing and astounding actors. So it's a murder mystery. I was excited to talk to him about it. I'm talking to Tom George, who's the director on Friday. He was the director of this country as well. So it's an amazing journey that these two have gone on, um, and I wanted to talk to them both. So I'm going to get into it. I'm brought to you as ever by SpeechDevelopmentRecords.com, Patreon.com forward slash pip, and Twitch.tv forward slash You go to any of them places, and you'll get some kind of different, unique en- engagement. Are with me and uh ways to support the podcast so check them all out i also want to tell you to check out tell me about it we've just finished series one it's my new podcast the first episode is about s- school days actually so considering the kind of nature of uh of this country there's a lot of of, t- of tales from my little area of the world in there so yeah check that out if this is your first time tuning in I've had loads of amazing, um, let's go with comedy actors, as Charlie is a comedy actor and writer. I've had Tim Key, I've had Adam Buxton, I've had Jamie Dimitriou, um, I've had Ashlyn B, Sarah Pascoe, Catherine Ryan, just loads of amazing people. So sink your teeth into the back catalogue. Lou Sanders, Brett Goldstein, I mean, come on. David Earl twice, Joe Wilkinson, loads of great people to dig your teeth into but for now dig your teeth into this. That sounded more kind of aggressive and suggestive than I intended but this is episode 473 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr Charlie Cooper. Right, I'm here with Charlie Cooper. How are you, mate?
1: Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm
0: good. I'm good. I'm excited to talk uh, t- uh, to you. I've been a big fan for a long while and uh, yeah, oh,
1: it's an exciting
0: you. one. Obviously, we're here today primarily to talk about See How They Run, but we've got enough time to talk about loads of stuff for that. So that's That's really. exciting, but how are you finding doing press for see how they run because it's a murder mystery and the mystery is a key part of that so it's kind of hard to talk about right i've plenty of questions about it i'm like there's loads i don't want to say
1: it's been proper stressing me out all morning i mean this is (laughs) the beginning of my press day so i've i I don't quite know how problematic it's going to be but there's nothing I can say. It's just a, it's a murder mystery set in the 1950s. Someone gets killed, maybe a couple of people get killed, and someone's a murderer. And you will find out who it is. Job done. Next, you'll, you'll
0: definitely find out by the end. It's kind of key to it. You're speaking of of nerves or stress on the morning of of this press. How was it going into a film like that? Because it's stacked with stars: <sighs> Sam Rockwell, Adrian Brody search ronan i think all of them have got oscars ruth wilson and just just the most amazing cast of british legends and american legends and everything so how was that to jump in on
1: terrifying well i only (laughs) got the part because the director is tom george who did this country yeah and he rang me up saying look i've been asked to do this film this massive film Mm -hmm. but i'm terrified will you be in it so I've got a mate on set and I was like yeah absolutely where do I sign so that, I mean it made me feel better knowing that he's there yeah because he's sort of like a sort of one of those like anxiety reducing animals you can just sort of take around <laughs> with you but when I found when he said I was like oh who's in it and he said Sir Ronan and Sam Rockwell the leads I was like wow and then it was nice because I, you know, I'm good friends with Tom, so I sort of was in throughout the process, sort of hearing what was going on, who they were casting at different times. And when he called me up saying, "Yeah, we've got Adrian Brody, and you're going to have a scene with him," I was like, "Are you mad? <laughs> the Adrian Brody?" And then actually doing it, you know, turning up and you know having, a, I did some rehearsals with Adrian, and just because I'm such a fan of his, and The Pianist is probably one of my favorite films ever, and just it was one of those moments where he was looking directly into my eyes. I just, my soul was just like totally enriched. Do you know what I mean? It was just the most surreal, bizarre thing. Because I'm always starstruck and it just feels, I still feel like I don't deserve to be here, which sounds like really ungrateful and stuff, but, you know, massive imposter syndrome. But um, it just felt like I'd sort of won a competition or something. (laughs)
0: It's it's one of the things, I spoke to to Tom about this as well. It's one of the things I think, excited me the most about the film and I don't know if it was a comfort blanket for Tom or not but the fact that he's got these guys but then he's got you he's got Tim Key he's got Paul Chahidi and all these great my favourites from the British comedy scene and 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 that kind of thing and putting them all in a room together again just... Sam Rockwell and Tim Key being in scenes yeah. together. Just, I never thought I, I didn't know I wanted that, but I needed it. So,
1: do you know what? It was like assembling a fantasy football team. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like when yeah. you've got like you got ten million to spend on like a really good striker. <laughs> yeah. so that would be Sam Rockwell. <laughs> then you've got like a, you know, you, the reserve goalkeeper at Bournemouth, which would be me, which would be like half a million. So yeah, so yeah, I,
0: I the, completely see that you've spent all your money and you're going well he used to play f- for my team so I know he's a, <laughs> uh, but I'll I'll go for that just out of familiarity um completely
1: oh my god so it must have been fun for him but um but yeah like you said having those names in one room was just yeah it's like one of those uh, yeah NBA like all-stars it was brilliant yeah. and seeing how they work as well the, when we did a full day of rehearsals and Reese Shearsmith who is just I idolise everything he's done has been superb, but seeing how he worked in the room and his like comedy mind, because I think there was a couple of things in the script that needed ironing out sort of like problem solving and just watching him literally reading it and thinking and just having an idea straight away that was just like solved everything was just so incredible. So again, I mean, it was just always learning from these people and that's what's so nice. It's
0: it's the most astounding for thi- thi- thing isn't it I've had that on a few a few sets where you're like I know this person is an amazing actor but what I didn't realise is the mind that's kind of behind that when they have those exactly. moments that are like um, well maybe we do it this way and do that and you're like that's fucking that's genius that's it's literally you've improved it tenfold in Absolutely. a little well maybe we do this and, and they yeah. make it
1: look so easy and that's just what's so sort of sickening because it takes me ages to have a good idea <laughs>
0: i've had ones where where i've i've read a script and it's been like the best script i've ever read and then i've I've been on set and one of these amazing iconic actors has said kind of here's why this scene doesn't quite work and i'm sitting again yeah oh yeah i read this and was like this is one of the best scenes i've ever read he's like it doesn't work because of this this is and if we tweak it this way small changes it works now it's like Fuck. Just I was coming and going, yeah. I can't believe I'm getting to do this script or this dialogue or whatever else. And they're on that next well, l- level of perception, right?
1: Completely. Because so much of it, I mean, script writing in general is just problem solving. Yeah. And it's like being able to work back and having that sort of lucid mind. And and it's really, you, you're sort of either born with it or you're not. I mean, you can get better, but just incredible to watch that. So it's so privileged, I think. And uh, what's been your approach On writing
0: because obviously when you and daisy were coming up with of this country it's the two of you it's you you and your sister you can go back and forth you can do all these things and this country is one of the prime examples i think of something that we're seeing a lot more of now of people who are kind of naturals but then there's also going to be that fear of, oh, is this all you can write, though? Yeah. You know I mean, you've got your one thing. You've, yeah. you've nailed it, but it's so unique to, to, uh, to you two. Can you do more? W- w- was there kind of any, right, I've written... <laughs> A BAFTA award-winning show. Yeah. Now I need to learn how to write,
1: (laughs) which is again, it's so backwards. It's so backwards. it is, and that's what we're sort of going through at the moment. Is like we we feel like complete novices, and that we're starting again because this country was just what we knew. It was so much of ourselves in those characters. I mean, even acting it is sort of like I'm, you know, Curtain is just me after a few pints, genuinely. (laughs) So it's and it's that classic thing of write what you know. And all the characters were people we knew and that we went to school with and, you know, half our bloody families in it. So it was always going to be – we always knew that the next thing we did was going to be the challenge. This will be the easiest thing we ever write. That's what I think we kept sort of telling ourselves and the easiest thing we ever film. So, yeah, so we're finding out. I mean, we've had ideas for stuff that haven't quite stuck. And we were actually writing separately. I've got um, a project and Daisy's got a project that's coming out next month, actually, which is amazing that she's done with a friend from drama school yeah so she, she's nailed that next thing perfectly i'm mm-hmm. sure we'll come back together uh, on a project but again it's just finding that idea because you can although it can take you know five seconds to come up with a good idea it can take you know 15 20 years to have it Do you know what i mean it's it, the good the good ideas or the stuff you always come end up coming back to that are sort of milling around in your back of your head but i think for me particularly i always feel like i have to take my time i can't i have to think something over so yeah, it feels like it's been a long time since the last series of this country, and it probably has. But didn't really feel the sort of the need to rush into anything. So I, I was I just waiting for that inspiration, I suppose. is always it's, a tricky thing.
0: It's the balance, isn't it, of inspiration and of natural ability? And because I have that all the time, I'm like, I'm not inspired to write at the moment or whatever. Mm. And then every now and then I'll be like, Am I being lazy? like should i be just forcing myself to do this or do that and it really works that way but again it's that imposter syndrome as you've touched upon there's always that Mm -hmm. oh hang on am i being am i using my artistry as an excuse to not get
1: anything done well Well, i'm not inspired completely i think anyone creative is just totally i mean unless you're a psychopath you're riddled with self-doubt and anxieties and especially as a writer where if you're doing it on your own I mean, it was it was fine, you know, with a, with Daisy when we there's a partnership and the, if you're feeling doubtful about something, you've got someone to pull you up again or yeah. to bounce ideas off. But when you're on your own and you don't quite know what you're doing, that's really, really hard. And having that discipline is tough. And like you said, it's that thing of am I being lazy? I mean, some and everyone works differently. Some people just have to lock themselves in the room nine to five and and wait till it comes. I can't yeah. quite do that. I have to wait to be excited by something, to be inspired. Yeah. But if the if the idea you've got excites you, then you know it should be a little bit more straightforward. But um, there's no formula. Is there? It's just like whatever works for you. But it's yeah. a total minefield.
0: Well, speaking of that imposter syndrome, um, you've spoken before. You and Daisy have spoken before about how this country. It took a while, and it went to ITV, and it wasn't quite what it was meant to be, and then it found mm-hmm. its home on the BBC. But Along that journey, was there ever fear that it's not going to happen and you're going to get stuck in the real world? Like like you had a lot of different jobs along the way from modelling to, yeah. I mean, numerous different things. How were those times when you're kind of having to convince yourself, no, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, but it might not feel like it's going to
1: happen. completely i mean that's the thing that perseverance is so key because i think there's so many talented people there out there that just you know fall to the side because it's because it is tough and it's just if you haven't got that financial backing or that security how can you do something creative when you've had no experience so it's really i mean that's i mean if i ever give advice to people it's just perseverance just keep going i mean there were so many times and we felt like this is just too much for us Because this country was our first project. And of course, you have to, we hadn't written anything before. So you have to learn how to write, basically. And that's not easy. That can take years. You know, you have to really, it's the trade like anything else you have to perfect. And we really went around the houses and we saw, we ended up doing a a pilot of ITV, that was really bad and we made loads of mistakes but we had to make those mistakes we had to have those bad times um for it to get good basically but we didn't really have a plan b we were both living at home with parents i think sometimes when you have a plan b it's quite easy to fall back on that yeah um it was sort of death or glory so (laughs) luckily i was still alive to tell the story but um there were a couple I, of times when you think, God, is this, wor- is this worth it? I completely
0: understand. But like I said understand. before, it's
1: the fact that we, there was two of us really helped. And the fact we're brother and sister meant that we were so invested in each other already. And there's that sort of chemistry in that relationship that, you know, you can have with friends, but it's not the same. But thank God we did. I mean, yeah, when we found out the pilot wasn't going to series, that was, I think that was the lowest point. And then we got dropped by the production company and we were with agents that we didn't get on with. And that was all sort of its own thing. and And it was like, I think I was prepared to walk away from it, but I think it was Daisy. It was like, no, we just got to keep going because it decided, we just knew it had to get made, whatever. I mean, there was one point where she was like, why don't we just email, get Ricky Gervais's email and get him to give us a million quid to make our own. It's so like that's not gonna happen. But whether it was just gonna be making it on YouTube or yeah. our, you know, on our camera phones, we would have done that if it wasn't picked up by the BBC. And then we were sort of, yeah, had a lucky break, really. It was a classic case of right place, right time. And we knew Shane Allen, who was comedy commissioner at BBC, had seen our stuff, like little videos that we'd done, silly little videos, and liked it. So we managed to get his email and emailed him and said, Look, you know, telling our story and what's happened that we've made mistakes. And I think Daisy said something like, Look, I'll stand outside your office every day in the karate outfit until you agree to let us come in for a meeting <laughs> and he emailed back saying well don't do that that's just weird just come in for a meeting and we did and he was um he was so sweet and, and he just commissioned a series straight away and he was like we, it. which was incredible He was quite old school the way he works and which is quite rare now but i think it was at a time when bbc3 was going online so there wasn't like uh, we had to wait for scheduling, or it just freed yeah. up money and opportunities, and and then yeah, Commissioner series, and we sort of got left alone, which was the best thing because it meant that we could do something that, that was our own thing. It didn't get um, muddied by anyone else or ripped apart.
0: I mean, you spoke about kind of learning as you go on 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 the writing f- front, linking up with Tom George. feels like it was a really good thing for you two guys as well. Because, again, it's that weird thing of (laughs) your brother and sister. So you're like, this is good, isn't it? Like, like, Mm -hmm. we know this is good. But then there are going to be the moments you're like, is this only good to us? Exactly. Is this only, is this really, really niche? Like, literally not just our area, but our family. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's, It's only our family who'll get this. And Tom felt like, I spoke to Tom about it, and he was saying it just felt... He got it and clicked, and just could come on and be part of that kind of process as you as 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 you brought that that first series yeah. to life.
1: Oh, he, he was amazing. I mean, he sort of because um, when we knew it was going to be a documentary, we sort of I think the producer Simon Mayhew-Archer said about getting a a director in who had done who had done documentaries, and it. He, mm. I mean, Tom was only meant to come in to help us sort of structure an episode and see okay, what would a documentary team do you know how many talking heads would there be in an episode you know how do they structure an episode stuff like that and we had a meeting and we ended up getting on so getting on so well that he's sort of he never really left he just sort of stayed <laughs> stayed hanging around so we were like well we might as well give it to him then yeah. um but he, again it was a classic thing of i think with the, with the itv thing it was about it was a complete opposite in terms of like we were with a production company who were like, right, you need names in this. You need actors, experienced actors, comedy actors, household names. You need a director who's experienced, who's done loads of stuff. And we ended up doing that. And it, it was awful. It was just mm. couldn't be, it couldn't have been worse. And then with this country, we sort of threw all that out, started again. And it was sort of the complete opposite. It was sort of that more like DIY, you know, none of us had really done much before. Simon, the producer, had done he, he'd done various series, he'd done Josh. So he was probably the most experienced of us all. And that, but that sort of really worked that sort of inexperience. And cause we were, we were raw, but we were finding it out for ourselves as we went along and yes. that was so nice discovering it, you know, what the show should be. And we did a couple of days where we just took a camera into a park and just were experimenting with stuff. And that those were the best moments, I think really discovering it as a team, as a, like a collaborative thing because it was great you know there's only so much me and me and daisy can do in a room when you're writers but having someone who can pick up that vision what you have in your head and execute it like tom did was just yeah. so liberating and so special
0: yeah and uh, again i think that that going for not big name actors and the like the genuine documentary style was what yeah, made yeah. it works so well i flicked over and stumbled upon the first episode when it was on and me and my brother were sat there like is this real it was a y- y- huge ch- chatting, and we honestly didn't n- know if curtain was a real so character or, or or a comedy character and again s- soon enough it became clearer but it was a genuine i'd left yeah. the room and he was kind of like as i came back in he was like you've got to look at this i don't know what we're watching but and uh, that That's wouldn't weird. have been the case if it had these big name actors in or looked more sitcomy exactly polished, which I'd imagine the ITV one may of so
1: yeah
0: I think that was key and again what what a great way f- for the two of you to learn as well as your first thing to have that more free free form approach where as you say you're going over park with a camera and and playing about oh. and seeing what works that's amazing as a as a as a as a classroom as such
1: it was brilliant and because it's like i mean that was the thing that really appealed to us is i mean it wasn't about fooling people but it was about making something that felt really real and i think that even came before the comedy because the comedy comes with the fact that people think it's real because they recognize the characters and identify with it and i always find my favorite comedies are the ones that you believe in the most. And, you know, these are characters that you went to school with or live next door or, you know, that you see in the supermarket. And that is really special to us. And yeah, so it was just a way of like, how can we make this? Because obviously, I mean, there has been mockumentaries before, and it's that classic thing of, oh, you shouldn't do a mockumentary because it's been done. But in comedy, everything's been done. That's just what comedy is. It's just people retelling jokes, but changing the odd word. You know, everyone steals everything. So that's fine. But it was like, how can we? how can we make it slightly different though? And I think that was so much came from Tom and, you know, the way the cameras are, you know, so much of the lines are uh, people delivering them off screen or, you know, and that can be the funniest line, but, um or, the, you know, just the fact there were two cameras rolling the whole time and there was lots of improv and that's when it changed when it didn't feel like work and it felt like you were just having a laugh with your mates. That's yeah. when you create the best stuff, I think, because I, then that's when you're most relaxed and you're most free.
0: Yeah. I completely agree and I think just touching there upon the familiarity of characters and being like you've all known someone like that and things like it's one of the reasons I think it's so important that we continue to push more and more working class voices in writing yeah and all these kinds of things because I spoke to Tom Davis about this and So many people think that realistic characters have to be quite played down and low-key and whatever else. Mm. This country is full of absolutely bonkers characters. I I guarantee you knew people like that. And uh, like a few of the characters uh, uh, Tom Davis has played, he's been like, I've gone into the room with this and everyone's thought it's far too uh, too over the top. But it's like, no, I've known blokes like that in pubs in South London and things like that. It doesn't have to be this low-key thing and this country is yeah full of that every character if that was being written by it it couldn't have been written by people other than people who've lived around those people and those
1: totally people you know and it's about like you said they they can be big characters but as long as they've got depth and as long as they've got a vulnerability then that's fine you believe in them all and they become they could become way more real if they're just 2d in your face. And that's when I think you lose an audience, yeah. you know, it sort of becomes like sketch show comedy. And that's the thing You know we found with this country. It's like Curtin and Kerry. I mean, on the face of it can be, you know, seem really unlikable and bratish and destructive, but they just doesn't take long for you to see there's complete vulnerability there. Yeah. And they're just sort of like lost souls. And that's just so sweet. And yeah, I think the thing that really changed it was when we found the characters of the vicar, Because then that was sort of a character that saw the goodness in them. Yeah. It was sort of on the side of the the audience, I suppose. And he wouldn't, you know, it's not that he preaches his religion or anything like that. It was just, he just wants to know that they're they're all right and that they're infused. And and that was really sweet, I think, finding that relationship, having someone they look up to. Because a lot of, you know, kids like Kerry and Kurt and I went to school with, you know, people like that. And it's all they want really is... To be treated like an adult and given a bit of responsibility, and when they do, they flourish. And it's like we saw so much of that in our hometown. But once you're a naughty kid, you're just treated like a naughty kid, so you don't yeah. really get those opportunities, or you just you know you, you get off to life on a such a bad sort of way. That sort of finding that depth to the show was massive. And again, that's my favorite. You know, all my favorite comedies have that. Yeah, um, that's sort of you know that that line between. Tragedy and comedy is so so sort of blurred, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, completely. But then, I mean, speaking of again getting the opportunity to to do something and to grow, the kind of the the growth of this country, it was quite slow and steady, as such. It wasn't one that was just huge overnight. But then it did go on to just yeah get bigger and bigger and become adored. But what I want to know is how quickly did the excitement of finally getting to make your show making it how you want how quickly did that have to start to battle with the annoyance of everyone comparing you to Mackenzie crook oh um, god. yeah
1: god that was uh i think a couple a couple of people have come up to me and said oh i love you in pirates of the caribbean i just didn't have the heart to say no it's not me but, um
0: Thanks, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Joy Depth's great. Uh, yeah, that's, again, it's like it's like comedy, it's like music. Everyone, for, for people to be able to grasp something, they have to have something else in their mind that they can compare you to. And that's fine, you know, it is what it is. Um,
0: or, or the, it's a prime example on, on See How They Run. Now that reviews are coming about, I'm seeing a, a lot of people referring to it as a, a British Knives Out. And yeah. again, I think it's quite... Totally different from Knives Out, but mm. it's a murder mystery. It's got a stacked cast. Yeah, it makes sense. It's a shame that that we have to always be so so reductive as humans that we need to have something. Oh, it's like that, <laughs>
1: <Completely>. <laughs> you know. But yeah, but it makes it, it, it makes
0: sense as well. It's a reference point, isn't it?
1: Definitely, I think that's the thing. Yeah, with the, when this country first came out, and it's just you know the fact that you know and the Gareth Keenan thing, and it's it's understandable. I mean, Curtin, there's a lot of similarities in those characters. And again, The Office was a, you know, a show that we were so inspired by. But I think if you watch it enough, you realise there's differences as well. And, um, but like I said, that's just comedy, you know, you just, you take bits from other shows, we've taken bits from loads of different shows, you know, even stolen lines, because you just, it's like, we sort of became like magpies collecting these different things and you make it your own, don't you? It evolves. And, you know, The Office would have been influenced by something else, you know, um, Spinal Tap, and that was yeah. influenced by something. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, this chain yeah, of yeah, yeah. inspirations, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, anyone who actually ended up watching the first series, sort of, it sort of died down. All those comparisons, which was nice. Yeah. And then it really became its own thing. But again, like I said, the, and the mockumentary thing is, people immediately say, "Oh, just compare it to other shows in the past." But yeah, it's um, yeah. but they're all so different.
0: Yeah, completely. Um, uh, again, the on on paper. A mockumentary about a very specific kind of working class area, this country and people just d- do nothing. Uh, exactly the same. Th- they couldn't be more different. could, could be yeah. more different shows. I love them both, but again, they're not. Yeah. You're not getting the same thing there. But yeah, there's always going to be those those th- th- through lines, I guess. Um, you spoke about how early days having a writing partner who's your uh, uh, s- sibling is yeah. ideal because you're kind of just, you're trying to make Daisy laugh, Daisy's trying to make you laugh. How did that develop as the series went on? But Because again, it is all, I guarantee that first season would have been such an amazing learning curve for you. You talked about learning as an actor on, on yeah. See How They Run with working with these yeah. people. So I guess, how did the writing develop? And did you kind of start to lose that imposter syndrome a bit and start to go oh I'm, I kind of know how to write a series a bit now and we've got these structures and these
1: beats yeah, and all that you do find a bit of a formula in the end I think well that first series was sort of 15 years in the making that was our whole lives up until yeah. that first series and and then suddenly the second series gets commissioned and then you've got you know six months to write it or, yeah. or four months and then even less with the third series so it's funny it's like um yeah, you have all the time in the world to make that first thing. But as soon as that's made, it's the next, the next series. And, um, yeah, you, you do find a groove and you find, I mean, what was so nice and what's so great about social media with all its downside is that you can get that instant feedback. You can t- type in the hashtag this country and find out whatever anyone has ever written about the show. I mean, yeah. sometimes it's about Boris Johnson or something else, <laughs> but, um, which, you know, it can be a mistake because then you find out someone says, you know, that guy from this country has got the biggest nose I've ever seen <laughs> or something like that. It was quite upsetting, but, uh, but, no, but when it's positive, it's so nice and you see what works and what people like. And, and then that does inform what you do in, in the second series. You know, I think, especially for the third series, actually, we, where we focus more on the vicar. And I think that was just a case of loads of people sort of saying, oh, you know, asking questions because mm. they're like, Oh, does, is the vicar married? Does he have kids? Or, does he? And it was like these are questions we should be ask, asking ourselves, and that was really nice exploring those backstories because it felt like the first series was sort of like a curtain, it was sort of following him more, and in the second series it was Carrie and her dad, and then the third series we really got to focus on the vicar, and it just felt yeah. it felt really nice exploring that, you know, his sort of. um his days when he was in a, a Christian pop group and stuff. But
0: that was also beautifully played b- b- because as well, w- we're two seasons in and a long time in for the characters. And you realise that Kerry and Curtin don't know anything about the vicar. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. It's kind of, they're, they're going along with the, um, w- with the audience of going, what? You've got a kid and you're in a band and all this kind of thing. It's it's beautiful. So selfish.
1: Yeah. yeah and, th- and that was, and then even, <laughs> Because we we always had which was brilliant. We always had a pretty much a week before each series to have rehearsals. There was always money in the budget for that. And we would always do the rehearsals in Northleach, the village where we filmed. Yeah. So we'd just hire out the village hall. I mean, it wasn't didn't cost much. It was like 50 quid. And we'd get all the cast down for a few days or a week. And we'd just do a lot of like improv, do the scenes. We'd walk around the village to the different locations. Because the great thing about it is, you know, Kerry's house is 200 yards from the village hall and um the vicar's office is not far it's all you know on location basically where we film so that was really nice actually and it really gave people a chance to because sometimes when you come into a job an acting job you don't have that opportunity to meet any of the cast in the show or a film you just come in for a couple of days do your scenes and you go again And that just doesn't feel, it just feels so wrong. So in that sense, having all these characters in one room, even if they're not going to be in scenes together, was just a real way of making it feel like a family, making it feel collaborative. And, you know, we do a lot of improv and, and it was a chance for them to really bring themselves into that character. Because mm. I think the great thing about this country is that we're none of us are far from the characters we play. Like yeah. me and Daisy really are and curtain. They, <laughs> they are just slightly heightened versions of ourselves. Paul Chahili who plays the vicar is just as nice, just as sweet as him, if not nicer. Um, Ashley Maguire who plays Mandy is just as terrifying. <laughs> but also, you know, there's a real sweet edge to her so that was really nice basically and having that opportunity and we'd have like a um we had like a not really an acting coach but like more of an improv coach to come down and sort of organize that and um and that felt really special to have that time to do it
0: yeah
1: because again it's fun you're finding it out for yourselves and stuff like that
0: it's such a rare tr- treat to be able to have time and budget for for stuff like that but I think it's all so important you always hear of your Tarantinos or your Ridley Scotts and all these who do things completely different to the way everyone else does it and everyone gives the excuse of oh but that's because it's Ridley or because it's Tarantino well it might be the other way around it might be that they're that good because they are so insistent on these specific things outside of the usual well you'll turn up at this time you'll do your scenes and then you're gone kind of thing it's Mm -hmm. not.
1: and being an actor that's the funnest part isn't it it's it's playing around with it having that freedom to sort of try things and and we'd always have a you know we had a little camera rolling so we could watch stuff back and be like we discovered so much of a show those rehearsals I mean some great lines came from it but also like structurally like storylines and like stuff that felt good in the room we're like oh that there's something there let's pursue that and that was just really really useful and also, like you said, with the thing about going over the series, the things that you learn, you know, we we always made sure there was money in the budget to, after filming, once it had all been edited together, we had a couple of days where we were able to do like pickup days. Mm. So if there was stuff that we hadn't felt that we missed or we needed a talking head to knit two scenes together. We always had that opportunity, and that was so so important because if we didn't have that. It would feel a lot more disjointed or sort of patchwork, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so it's little things like that, and again, being a mockumentary it is the easiest way of doing a comedy
0: because pa- you can particularly just all- on the patching up moments because oh my of the God. Talking
1: Heads element that you can go here we go. Yeah, because you get all the exposition out straight away. You basically got a curtain at the start of the episode saying, basically, today I'm going to go, you know, to the zoo or whatever. So you just got (laughs) like, you don't have to work those into scenes, which can take half a page. And it's, there's always like the, you know, there was just more freedom and time to have pure the funny stuff and the character stuff. But yeah, I mean, and again, that's what we're discovering now with writing is writing shows that aren't mockumentaries is so difficult. It's such a different beast. And yeah, it will always be the easiest vehicle for comedy, I think. Yeah. I
0: mean, there's there's, there's, there's a couple of things there and I do, I jump all over the place. So apologies. But yeah, um, no worries. what you were saying about those days of having everyone there to, uh, together, it also gets you past the moments that you touched upon earlier of you've got Adrian Brody staring you in the face and you're doing this scene. Yeah. That could be really hard if the cameras are rolling and you're trying to remain in character. It's weird because, oh again, it's, it's 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 not a simple th- thing. It is most people I know who've got into this industry are there because they're fans of film and TV and all these things. So Definitely. it's one thing to have learnt your character and learnt your lines, but then if the first time you're eye-to-eye with Adrian Brody, oh it's in a gosh. scene and you're having to, to not... F- 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 fanboy out or or be in your own head as you said of thinking oh man this is this is exactly. happening this is here you know it's a weird one to balance
1: right so hard and i i mean I, I don't have that switch in me where i can suddenly become a character i think it takes me a while to get into a character yeah. So having that opportunity to sort of meet him and do it a few times and just play around with the characters was so useful. I mean, I guess the best actors are able just to switch it on because that's what it yeah. is, but not everyone works like that.
0: I'm always telling myself, we can't only have the best actors. They're, they're going to need the rest of us. So if, exactly. the, best, if the best actors exactly. can just switch it on, they can't play all the roles. I, I'm not <laughs> going to be one of i'm not going to be adrian Brody, but i'm about you know i, totally. I can help out i can pull my weight <laughs>
1: exactly you've got to have a balance there <laughs> exactly oh my god i mean even in this country we used to do things like i mean there, there was a, a scene in it where martin who's carrie's dad is talking about i think he's in the pub scene and he's talking to Curtin. i think this is the second series about getting <laughs> Bit crass, but he's getting tugged off by his mother-in-law. But it's basically it was like a monologue that we'd written for my dad, and um, to do it again is a bit weird that we wrote that material for him. But anyway, um, but when it came to rehearsals, we we just basically went to the local pub. And just got him to you know sit by the bar and just tell us that story and sort of improvise it and stuff. So being able to have an opportunity to even be in the location where you're going to film, and especially for someone like him who's not a real actor, he's not he's never trained, but he's really sort of naturally so good, so talented. I think it really helped him being able to sort of put him at ease for when he did it for real, and to be in that environment and. Because it's like you know, act- it's just so much of it is just like I'm trying to link it back to real experiences, isn't it? Well, it is yeah. for me anyway. Yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, I guess that's the whole method thing, and it can sound a little bit up its own ass or whatever. But I, I just if it, if it helps get a more truthful performance, then why not? I think all these little things help so much. But yeah,
0: I com- I completely agree. But um, so you've said numerous times writing a mockumentary, easiest way to write because you've got that freedom yeah. of, of playing things about. How was it to then write for an episode of Avenue 5? F- because, again, this intricate oh, show, it's Armando Iannucci. That's literally writing royalty there. So that's a big thing to go from here's our little w- 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 world to yeah. to working on an episode of that. How was that for both of you, for you and Daisy?
1: That was such a huge learning experience for us. I mean, when we got asked to do it, it was just like, wow. I mean, massively daunting, but just too good to say no. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and the way he works is, you know, it's like a writer's room. So you've got, you know, you're in a room with loads of different writers, like amazing writers that have written, you know, for some of your favourite shows down the years. <laughs> yeah. And it's just literally just throwing ideas out there and just being a part of that. I mean, I think for the first, you know, few sessions we did, I don't think me and Daisy said anything. We were just sat there just like it, totally in awe I was gonna say how keen
0: were you to get that first good idea out there? Because it's gonna be intimidating, isn't it? To be like,
1: Oh my god, mm. totally. Yeah, yeah having that writers. confidence just to speak up because it's comedy is such a personal thing, isn't it? It's like bearing your soul. And that thing, you know, if you say something that falls a bit flat, it can be soul destroying. So yeah. um,
0: and again, previously so much of the comedy has been making your f- family laugh from, yeah, exactly. from you know, your sister, your dad, all of these kind of things, and this is Oh, yeah. We're not at home. <laughs> so it was a
1: completely different way of working. And I think we were sort of writing episode four or episode five. So it was like trying to, yeah, write an episode that fits within this collection of episodes that other people have done. And because it, yeah, writing, you know, these characters aren't characters you've written. So they're not um, characters that have got your voice. So you have to try and really quickly tap into that. And that's mm. really, really tricky, especially for me and Daisy. And yeah, we did find it tough we did find it tough because I'm not sure we're that's our st- strong point. We, you know, coming onto a show and, you know, um, carrying on other people's ideas that takes a specific type of talent. And I'm not yeah. sure we quite have that, um, but it was an amazing experience and to work with Amanda again, you know, talking about the Reese Shearsmith thing, it was seeing how he came up with ideas was so unbelievable because he would just suddenly go really quiet and just like really sort of in like um, withdrawn and sort of, you think, God, is he all right? It's, oh no, he's just thinking of an idea. Um, so it can like feel a little bit awkward at times, like there's mm. that silence. But he suddenly he will just come up with like a brilliant idea or a funny line. Um, so seeing that firsthand was incredible because again, he's some someone who's done you know shows that I just absolutely adore. Um, I,
0: I, I love the idea of of you and Daisy being in a room with Armando and all these people have written the thick of it and all these things, and you go quiet and into yourself <laughs> like Reese, yeah. and then and then you pipe up with. Maybe, maybe he could be wanked off by his mother-in-law. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there was, a, there was a few of those. I mean, that's me and Daisy. Our, our, our sort of go-to laughs are always the one that is just the most crass or that like, rude that you just know that will never stay in, but you yeah. just it makes you laugh in the room. Let's put it out there. Toilet humor. I love and I it. think we, yeah, I think a lot of. Uh, I mean, we did end up having to get a lot of help with that episode. I think a lot of the stuff we had written ended up didn't staying in. But um, there was definitely a wanking gag that got taken out, which is a shame. But it is what it is. <laughs> it <laughs> you know.
0: is what it is. It is. Yeah, well, you um, try these things. Or, or it's that, or not specifically only that, but the comfort in going to those areas that make you, or Kerry and Curtin as, as characters stand out so well. And I've spoken to numerous people who saw early iterations mm. um, of Kerry and Curtin who were just like, I I remember speaking to S- Susan Wacoma about um oh, yeah. about you guys and yeah. and and Jamie Dimitri who's someone I wanted to to bring up now because uh. I need to talk about Staff S- 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 let Flats because it was already an amazing TV show and yeah. then you come on a <laughs> part of one of the greatest fight scenes in TV <laughs> history. So how was that to 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 come in on again it's 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 uh. one of those things where it's already you know, you guys had built a family on on this yes. country. It's already a family and a, a group there. Again, it's a brother and sister, so it is literally a family. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Like how was that to to jump in on?
1: Well, I mean, as a fan, being able to do it was like feeling like you'd won a competition or something yeah. like that. It was just such a amazing experience, and because they are such a fucking lovely, tiny group of people. Yeah, you know, and like again, seeing how Jamie works, and he's like physical comedy with that when he was falling around the room, and that was sort of like, <laughs> I mean, we only did, I think that was about a couple of takes, I think, but he just literally from the first take just completely nailed it, and because it's such a specific thing doing that physical comedy, isn't it? It's like yeah. you know, it can look sort of off the cuff, and but actually, you need a lot of rehearsal and a lot of like thought to make it look naturalistic and yeah. authentic. But I think he's just got that natural, those funny bones where he just walks into the room and you sort of, you can't help but chuckle. But in the best possible way, that, he's just, oh man, I just look up to him so much.
0: Those kinds of, of real world fights just aren't documented enough. I always remember at college, these two lads, I was a little a metaler and a punk kid and there were two of the goth lads had got in yeah. an argument and they both just, Grabbed each other's th- th- throats and wouldn't wouldn't let go and that was all the fight was just waiting for one of them to let go no one threw a punch one just, just both angrily looking at each other holding each other's throats like this is the most <laughs> intense fight i've ever seen in my life but
1: that and that bad. instantly
0: came to mind as i watched a youtube flail about and, and not oh, making contact I mean,
1: I mean i'm sure if you pause it you will see me laughing in throughout the whole thing which i was sort of I came away thinking, fuck, I think I've just ruined that whole scene because I just couldn't stop laughing, especially the kicking where it was like doing like the Highlands sort of swing. And yeah. I just, oh, I mean, again, it was just like playing around with a mate. It just doesn't quite yeah. feel like work. It was just like, here's the, here's the set, go mm-hmm. off and do it. But weirdly, we, we've we known sort of Tash and Jamie for years. We did something, we did like a panel show with a production company and it never got, it never got commissioned, but we did like a, in the room sort of pilot type thing. And that was years ago. And this was like years before this country was ever on TV. And it was weird because obviously brother and sister and me and Daisy. So it was sort of like instantly clicked, but it was weird. It was like so many, um, Guz Khan was on it as well. Gemma amazing. Whelan was on it, like loads of other people. It was, yeah, it was just sorry, being a bit of a It sounds like now. a
0: hell of a show. I mean, that must have been really shit, because all the talent in there is amazing. So it, it must was... have been a really appalling show to not have worked with yeah, all it, you it guys like... on there.
1: <laughs> but we sort of played, I played a really early version of Curtain, actually, as like yeah. this. It was like a topical panel show, but played by like characters, character comedians. And I played this sort of curtain type who like sits in the audience and just sort of heckles but oh my god I would love I mean if it was ever filmed, I'd love to watch it back because it just would have been so bad but that, I mean you could see that everyone there had something about them which is why yeah. they were in the room but it's, it's funny how you just you take that time to evolve and find your thing and, and you have to do those things that aren't so good and that fail and make mistakes and it's, All of it is so much part of it. You have to do it.
0: It's it's mad. That character comedian type thing is mad to me because it's such a nuanced thing. As you were saying, it's so... Curtin is close t- to you, but it's not mm. you. But it's not yeah. this this great departure. And Guz Khan, I I've, I've, I did a film with Guz a few years back and it was so bizarre because he was almost exactly the same offset as Onset. But on okay. set, I had to like. There were certain points I had to go and do something because I was like, I was going to ruin the scene because I was laughing <laughs> because exactly right. that. I'm like, what is this small n- n- nuance that makes me unable to to hold it together? Because he just does mm-hmm. this slight like, tweak in who he is that just yeah. Yeah. And and And, you guys do it and and Jamie and Tash do it, obviously. And it's, yeah.
1: And yeah, again, it's having the bravery to do those things, those little nuances and really specific details. Because sometimes, yeah, you fall into a trap of thinking, oh, no one's going to get this. So I'm going to have to play this character a bit straighter Mm -hmm. or like a bit bigger, just, to get a laugh but you don't have to do that i think having faith in the specificity of your character is so important because that's what makes them original and what makes them unique i suppose
0: yeah i love it and uh, i mean you touched upon the working with jamie and kind of seeing his process was that interesting as a writer again as well because Stafflet's flats is always one that I look at and think, how can any of this work on the page? Like, like you've got to have such faith in because there's so much of it that it's it's the way he he delivers it or the way he moves or the way he looks as he's doing it. Yeah. It must be so hard to kind of get that that, that round until you're there on the day and just Definitely.
1: And yeah. I think a lot I mean, I think he was unfortunately I didn't get to spend a lot of time with him because he was just writing in between scenes. I think he was so behind, but like yeah. rewriting stuff, but he was just churning this stuff out. And it was just like, I think he wrote a scene for me that hadn't, wasn't originally in the, um in the script. And he just, he wrote it in about half an hour. And it's like, oh yeah, do you fancy doing this this morning? And it was just like the best, you know, some killer lines. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's just the fact he can do that. It, I mean, Because I know how the process of writing can be so hard. And when you're under pressure, when you're having to do stuff on set, that is really, really difficult. And the fact that he's a lead character and he's in most scenes. So I think, you know, at least I've got Daisy to sort of shoulder the burden with. But, you know, it was all on him, really. I mean, I know he's got some, you know, a great cast around him that all chip in with brilliant lines and material. But I think... But like yeah, I mean he's doing that, he's been doing that character for years, hasn't he? It's sort of a yeah. similar thing to me and Daisy that it was this sort of years in the making, it's and it was a sort of character that'd been rattling around in the back of his head for a while. But it's just so it's so beautifully done. And I just I can't have enough positive words for it, to be fair. And that's why I was so panicked about doing it, because I was like, I can't ruin a show that i love <laughs> because I know, i'll never forgive myself i just have to sort of jump up a cliff or something
0: i love it well i'm okay. um, i mean we're getting up to the hour mark now so i'll start to wrap things up i just want to kind of ask what's ahead um you've touched upon writing and waiting for the right thing but what Mm. do you kind of look at and go i'd love to be involved in that or i want to be you know in that kind of world is there anything that jumps out that you're like man that'd be cool
1: i mean i mean going back to that sort of armando thing and that doing something like a writer's room on a pro i mean i've sort of criminally I've only just got into succession after all these years but
0: it's just
1: so good and the fact that you know it's that the drama to it and the fact there's you know 10 episodes in a series and they're an hour long I mean it's a massive project and that's something that you can't do as one or two writers but I would love to be on a project where like a writer's room thing yeah where you can get different guest writers on to do an episode that would be really because that's a, a lot of fun being in those rooms and brushing out ideas and that's when it's really creative. But yeah I, having a big project like that would be would be ideal
0: it's mad what can be inspirational as well the, the, the right i was talking to tom uh, tom george about this because yeah. when i saw the when i saw his cast mm. <laughs> for, for for see how they run it was like man this is fucking amazing and again as a huge fan of this country it's like how is this your first kind of feature <sighs> film L- look at this cast look at everything it's all achievable, right? It's all there.
1: I mean, that's the thing. Like, now, nah, yeah, exactly. It's it's not like a million miles away. It can be done. It's just, um, it's yeah, it's finding an idea that's got legs and that, you know, you can end up making four or five series with mm. ten episodes each series. That's like, and that's why Succession is just, how the way it keeps developing and unravels and a new character comes in and it's just so, uh, that's the stuff I love to watch and I cannot believe I've only just... I'm sort of happy at the same time that I've still got like a few series left to watch, which is yeah. brilliant. But in terms of the few, yeah, I mean, I love, I do love writing. And I, and it's the thing, you never come to a point where you say, ah, I'm an accomplished writer now. That's, I, this is, I've conquered it. You're just always learning. You're always getting better. 100%. And it's different stuff. You know, I'd love to write a more of a dramatic comedy thing. And I'd love to do historical stuff like period comedies because it, it's sort of, um it's a classic thing of people say, "Oh, that's been done with Blackadder," but you know, there's so many sort of uh, ideas out there that can you know you can discover in periods 100%. of time. And and I just and I you know a um because the thing of modern stuff is the storyline can just be sort of you know if someone picks up the phone that can completely knacker your do you know what I mean? Like you haven't yeah. got those. I don't know quite I'm trying to say, but um, no, I guess c- it's like c-
0: completely understand. We're, there's so many bits of kind of peril even that you can't add when you add mobile phones or
1: or or whatever else it's kind of yeah because you know it's so easy to just pick up a phone and call someone and then that would resolve a whole storyline but if it's something (laughs) historical where you didn't have that you know it's a different set of pressures different set of circumstances and that's really fascinates me um because it feels like the modern thing having done this country really feels like you know you know that i've done that so to do something you know historical would be really nice and that was also, which was so nice about doing see how they run was the fact it was 1950s and yeah you know the sets and the costumes you're transported to a completely different world yeah. and i really really love that that sort of escapism and yeah
0: i love it i love it well i appreciate the time man it's been oh, a pleasure no, thank you. really enjoyed it and i said i've been Pure, purely by chance because of stumbling upon either the first or second episode and not knowing if it was real or not. I've been yeah. a, 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 oh. a fan from the start. So yeah, it's sealed its see all that's ahead.
1: Thank you so much, man. Thank, Thank you. Loved it.
0: It's been a pleasure.
1: You've been listening to Scroobius Pips Distraction Pieces.
0: There we go. That was Charlie Cooper. I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope you will also enjoy the bonus episode on Friday with Tom George. Because imagine from what you've heard there, imagine that dude's journey. Kind of the first thing he really directed was this country as a series. BAFTA winning, amazing, praised hit show. And then his debut film is this monster of a murder mystery so yeah we're gonna talk about that on friday so i hope you tune in until then stay safe and stay sane
1: ta-ta